Hello and welcome to Double Reel, the monthly podcast magazine for the discerning film nerd. My name's James Adamson and I'm a film nerd with a geeky love of film and obscure stories from the world of cinema and a lot of opinions. Joining me on the podcast is my co-host, also called James Adamson. Welcome, James. Thank you very much. It's good to be back. So this is the Penalty Shootout Film Quiz, the fiendishly complicated and highly competitive uh, quiz which, like uh, like the, the, the Vince Vaughn's Dodgeball movie, this, this quiz doesn't build character, it reveals it. Um, previously we included the quiz in Double Real Monthly, but we've decided it would help the flow of things if it got its own episode, rounding out the features we put out for you each month. So this is the kind of inaugural separate episode of the Penalty Shootout Film Quiz, but of course we have been... Uh, uh, we've done quite a few of these, um, and there's a bit of history to it now. James, why don't you introduce the format of the quiz to our lovely audience for those, in, in case people have, I don't know, skipped past this, uh, don't always listen to Double Room Monthly, uh, give, give people a little breakdown of what we do. So it's just a little kind of fun thing that we do with talking like a, like a podcast-style magazine. We do a little coin toss where we are blindly ranking a topic of the uh, the opponent's choosing, that person then gets to either go first or second and uh, gets a lifeline uh, through the actual penalty shootout itself. Consists of five questions, and if it's a tie after five, we do a, a kind of sudden death question. And if there's no winner after that, we can call it a draw. Um, there is a forfeit for the loser. Previously, the forfeit has been watching uh, A Monkey's Tale or something like watching the Diana musical. Um, you made me watch uh, a Baz Luhrmann film once. I watched. I made you watch a Baz Luhrmann film, Australia, which is still a shit, in, um, even with a revisionistic touch. Um, so for the last uh, penalty shootout, I won. So what was your forfeit? It was Pokemon Two Thousand. Now, what was the reason I made you watch this film? Or the reason why, why the reason you made me watch this is that I took you to see this when you were little, having already seen the first Pokemon film, and I think I might have been a little bit hungover from the night before, and I fell asleep during the film. So you very kindly let me watch it again so I can see the bits I missed. I just didn't want you to miss out on the masterpiece that is Pokemon 2000. Um, so oh yeah, it's just a bit, of, it's a bit of fun. Um, my forfeit, I think, is still um, The Life Aquatic with Steve Zizou, um, a Wes Anderson monstrosity. I've never seen it. I am never wanting to watch it, hence my excellent performances in the penalty shootout yeah. so far. Yeah, so just, just to give a bit of um, history, what happens is, if it's a draw, um, no one does a forfeit, uh, unless we've both done very poorly, like we've not answered the questions very well, we've disgraced ourselves, then we both have to watch our forfeit film. Uh, that's not happened yet. I think it's been really pretty high quality quizzing up to now. In the event of you know one side winning or losing, the other one watches a film, you've never lost. We've had several draws. I've lost four times. So it's 4-0 to James. I think I've said before that I, I sort of pride myself on being good at quizzes and film is my specialist subject. So part of me is kind of a bit embarrassed that maybe my, like Susan Sarandon and Team America, my powers are fading with age. Part of me is proud of the, that my son and co-host is uh, sort of, you know, carrying on my legacy and is surpassing me, which is, you know, what what you always want. But I am I am a little bit tired of watching these fucking yeah, terrible I films. Think, I think I'm about to lose. I think the questions are going to be absolutely absurd. It'll be something like, how many hairs were on Julius Caesar's head when he died? It's it's be... it's not that bad, but I I am conscious that I kind of I'd kind of clawed my way back to some sort of parity in last month's quiz, 
And then I asked a question where you actually stopped and went, are you kidding? Because it was one that you knew so well, you couldn't believe I've asked a question that you found that easy. So and I it was had, like the fifth question, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was like, it was the, the question that everything was riding on. So we have a tiebreaker. In the, so it's, it's similar to the format of a penalty shootout. You ask one, I ask one, best of five. In the event of, uh, you know, a tied after five questions, we have one tiebreaker. If that doesn't settle things, it's a draw. And, and prior to that, just to make life a little bit more um, uh, 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 complicated, but also to add a dimension to the quiz, we do, do the blind ranking list, where each one of us says the other person has to rank films, or, you know, what or, or something from film, what from one to five, but you don't know what the rest of the questions on the list are, so it's a bit tactical. Uh, and the winner of that gets to go first and gets a lifeline, right? Yes. Is there anything else we need to tell the audience? Um, I don't think so. Okay, well, audience, we probably just uh, dumped a lot of information on you. Take a breath; it will make sense. Give you a, 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 just you know, t- ten seconds to kind of go. All right, I, I think I think I got that. As we play through, it will make sense. Now, do you want to do you want to give me a blind ranking list first, or would you like me to give you a blind ranking list first? I mate? don't mind. Why don't I go first? I'll, I'll, I'll ask. I'll ask you first. I would like you to blind rank these Leonardo DiCaprio films. Okay. Uh, so one to five. So for the audience's benefit, I'm going to read one out, and uh, James has to guess where, you know whether it's the you know halfway up his list, bottom or top, and based on what the other films are coming out. So first one, The Revenant. Uh, now here's my issue: Leonardo DiCaprio doesn't make very shit films, does he? No. He's one of those ones where even if he didn't really enjoy the film, it was probably like a Six out of ten, it wasn't unwatchable. He's always good and he doesn't make shit. So when he makes so, a film like this, which you don't like as much as the others, you've got to decide what you want to do with it. So for me, we'll we'll go for four in case you stick one of his older ones in there. We'll go for four because it's not it wasn't his best performance by any means. So mm-hmm. I'm happy by yeah, yeah. with fair enough. Four. Fair enough. Uh, the Wolf of Wall Street. <sighs> I'm going to go one. Yeah, because you're, you're waiting for me to ambush you with something else. I mean, yeah, if, if, I if, if you were reading this list out to me, I would be deciding whether to put this one or two as well. I, so. I can't think of a like a performance of Leonardo DiCaprio that I enjoyed more. Yeah, Maybe Django, but I'm happy with that being yeah, second. Yeah. I mean, so. bear in mind we're ranking the films more, more than the performance, but... Yeah, that, but yeah, the performance at least, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, You've already said it. Django Unchained is the next one. I'm happy with that being two. Happy with that being two, yeah. Fourth is The Great Gatsby. Uh, I can go fifth, can't it? And finally, Blood Diamond. Three. I'm quite happy with that. No, you've you've played that very well. you played a straight bat there. Um, I'm going to have so, to do very well with my blind ranking, otherwise Wolf I think you're going to be one with the lifeline. Wolf of Wall Street, Django... Blood Diamond, yeah. I mean, I know he won his Oscar for the Revenant, but I think we're all in agreement that. Yeah, I think Revenant versus Blood Diamond is arguable. I, I actually really like the Revenant, but like you say, it's not like Leonardo, Leonardo DiCaprio's got a lot of shit films to call upon. And putting Critters Three in there is just cheating. <laughs> so I wasn't <laughs> going to put that in there. All right, blind ranking list for me. Right. Rank these Christopher Nolan films based on their score. Oh, okay, okay. Hoo-wee. So, 
y'all ready for this? Yes. Oppenheimer. See, I, I love the score in Oppenheimer, and I yep. think he did an amazing job of it. Um, but I've just got to sit there and think, how many of his absolutely classic other film scores have you got on this list? Um, I'm going to be bold and say two. I do think the score played a big role in this oh, film. Oh, oh, oh. The Dark Knight. Ah, oh, fuck. Now you're fucked. I'm going to say three. I'm going to say three, because that was... <laughs> I'm I'm going to say three because there are some other um, there are some other Christopher Nolan scores that I like better than the Dark Knight. As brilliant as the Dark Knight is, and Dark Knight score is one of those ones where, like especially like that last bit at the end where like Batman's running away, you think, oh god, the score is really good here, isn't it? But it's not. I I think Oppenheimer's the Oppenheimer score actually drives the film, and as brilliant as the Dark Knight score is. Um, it's a brilliant score and a brilliant film, whereas Oppen the Oppenheimer score is... I, I actually noticed in the film, wow, this is really making me... It's really doing some great work here. So, so I'm, I'm, I'm prepared I'm prepared to make that bold move, Dark Knight 3. Oppenheimer 2, Dark Knight 3. Okay. Yeah. Tenet. I'll give that... I'll give that four. Oh, no. Interstellar. One. Inception. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, you've ambushed me with Inception. I've got no problem with putting Interstellar at uh, uh, for but, but there's no, no way there's no realistically in... it goes Interstellar Inception, Oppenheimer Dark Knight and then Tenet, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, you Tenet's see it's fifth. Yeah, I would I probably should I probably should have the reason I held a, I, the reason I held a fifth spot was in case something like Insomnia or the Prestige is in there. Nah, 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 nah. Um so yeah, look. I think unequivocally, you've you've played your blind rankings better than me. Ooh. You get to you you get to well put it this way: you get to either ask a question first or or, or answer a question first, whatever you like, and you get a lifeline that may help you uh, in in the quiz. Do you want to be asked a question first, or do you want to ask me a question first? You ask me first. Okay, we are now in the actual quiz. Best of five, penalty shootout format. I go first. Uh, I ask first then. Okay. First question. Question one for you, James. Which of these films is not set in Los Angeles? A, oh, Mrs. Shit. Doubtfire. B, The Terminator. C, The Graduate. Oh. No. I don't know why, but I've got it in my head because they have that house on the hill in Mrs. Doubtfire. I'm going to assume that's San Francisco. So I'm going to say yes. What was the other one? There was The Graduate and The Terminator. No. Just a reminder, which of these films is not set in Los Angeles? I'm going to have to go with The Graduate because they do not have that mad sequence on the LA River. Or is that Terminator? No, no, hold on. Which of these films is not set in Los Angeles? So The Graduate. Oh, Los Angeles. Which oh. of these films is not set in Los Angeles? I thought Angeles? you said California. Uh, this isn't your lifeline, by the way. I just don't want to. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to win on, on mishearing the question. Which of these films is not set in Los Angeles? A, Mrs. Doubtfire, B, The Terminator, C, The Graduate. One of these films is not set right, in Los right. Angeles. Well, because I have that image of that house on the very, like, the kind of steep hill street, I'm going to go with Mrs. Doubtfire. I don't think it's right. Is, is the correct answer. Woo! Is it set in San Francisco? Yeah. Yay! Yeah. I, 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 look, I, 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 don't, I don't want to win without honour. So I wanted to make the, make sure the question was clear to you. Is that going to be? Like, is this going to get that tense that it's going to become all about honor, and we're going to have to perform like seppuku or something? Like the, the final episode and just disembowel ourselves. No, that's the, well, that's oh, hang on. You know what we didn't do? You know what we didn't do? Apologize to the audience. 
we didn't confirm what the forfeits are going to be this time. So oh, I assumed it was just going to be the same terrible film for me. It's your yeah. You're, your you're, you're, if you lose, you're watching The Life Aquatic by uh, with Steve Zissou by Wes Anderson. What's my forfeit if I lose? <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I don't know if it should be a film, but I really want you to listen to Steven Seagal's uh, songs from The Cave or something like that. What was it called? Steven Seagal. If that's... Songs from the Crystal Cave, but it's not a film, so <laughs> I implore everyone to listen to that song. Um, you know the one I mean. Um, I think you should watch... Okay. Now, what's this person's worst rated film? Yeah, the, 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 when you said, like, you know, commit seppuku, I just thought, is it going to be a choice between committing seppuku and watching the forfeit? And then it occurred to me we hadn't confirmed what the forfeits were this month. I think you should... what Because they might be quite hard to find on, like, Netflix and Amazon Prime, if you can find a film by Uwe Boll, I think you should watch that. An Uwe Boll film. All right, yeah. I will watch an Uwe Boll film, picked at random. Just in um, case that... Because I don't want you having to, like, rent one or anything like that. Yeah, Whatever... Yeah. What, whatever, whatever I can watch without, you know. He did a film about Auschwitz. Can you watch that? <laughs> <laughs> fucking hell! I'm not paying good money for that. I um, think but... you can stream that on Prime, but fuck off, man. Okay. Um. All right. So we've the forfeits are now settled. I'll be watching a Uwe, Uwe Boll film if I've lost. You'll be uh watching the Life Aquatic by Steve Sissy, which you have fought so hard to avoid. I really the don't want to watch that fucking quiz. film. That. Sorry about stopping for admin, folks. That is the end of like uh, James's question one. Now it's my question one. Okay. Now there were quite a lot of films, but can you tell me the lowest-grossing Harry Potter film and the highest-grossing Harry Potter film? Hmm. Interesting. I think you'll get this. It's a nice one to just gently ease you into the kind of shootout. I think it's quite a kind one if you think about it. My guess is going to... So I'm leaning towards one of the earlier ones being lowest grossing, just because um, uh, that, you know, by the time, you know, t 10 years allows just partly inflation and partly for the, the franchise to develop some real momentum. But maybe Philosopher's Stone had a bit more interest around it, and therefore it might be something like Chamber of Secrets, which is slightly lower grossing than Philosopher's Stone, because maybe some people went, eh, yeah, whatever... Uh, and, and, and and didn't watch that one at the cinema in as many numbers as Philosopher's Stone. And then maybe for lowest grossing... Okay, I am going to say, here is my guess, and if I, if, if you know, if I, if I fail on this, I fail on this, but I think my logic is solid. Lowest grossing... Um, uh, Chamber of Secrets, highest grossing Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 2. So, the highest grossing with a gross of 1.34 billion was Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 2. Okay. The lowest grossing with a worldwide gross of $797 million was Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. Oh, the best one is the lowest grossing. Oh, oh. oh interesting. All right, so I've got that one wrong. It's uh, one mil to James, and you get your second question. I thought that was a gentler one, but might, that might be harder than I thought. Um, um, thinking about it, part of me should have gone, well, maybe it's one of those ironic things where the best one is the lowest grossing. 
Because I think Azkaban's by far the best. No, it is, but I, I I knew it was by about nearly 90 million. It's uh, That's interesting. I wonder why that is. Chamber of Secrets is second on 879. Mm, all right. And then Goblet of Fire is 896. Yeah, yeah, I wasn't I wasn't far off. That is interesting because Azkab- Azkaban is terrific and, and it really picks up speed from there. But never mind. I don't never know if it was to do with like a new Dumbledore or a new director because Chris Columbus yeah. did the first yeah, two. It's quite maybe, a big name. I mean, it was, and it's the one where things got a bit darker than the... Than the the first two films, yeah. Made. yeah. So there's a couple of reasons. Okay, your second question. Disney is responsible for five of the ten worst box office flops of all time. Of all time. Name three of them. So the Mad John Carter film. That's okay, got to be one of them. Is one. Yep. Oh, fuck it. No. Waterworld was a massive box office flop. Was that funded by Disney? Um, do I want to use my lifeline on question three? I can't. I've just drawn a blank and can't think of any other massive flops. Um, we're not. Are we including like COVID films in this? So like any films that like came out during COVID, but they didn't. Did Disney even release any COVID films? Um. I mean, I've just I've just gone from a list of like the biggest box office flops. There is no time period excluded, so it's okay. possible that they released a film in COVID or put it straight to streaming, and no one counted it as a success or a flop because they spent money and put it on streaming. If they don't, if they put it out in COVID, they probably wouldn't have spent as much on marketing. That can affect, you know, whether something you know does poorly or badly. There's COVID doesn't really play a part, although it doesn't stop it doesn't stop a recent film being on the list of flops, right? That's all I'll say. You can oh, use your lifeline here, or you can you can. I think I might. Was now was the Lone Ranger Disney Lone Ranger? Okay, that's two. That's two oh. out of three. Oh. Now there are three more, and you need to just uh, pick one of them. So, I have a feeling that there was an animated film. And there's also that film Brad Bird did that escapes my mind. That was quite a resounding flop, the one with George Clooney. Um, oh, the animated one. It wasn't turning red. It was 2021 it came out. Fuck. Now, I know for sure the animated one is definitely a Disney. So... I might go for that instead of the Brad Bird one, even though he is a Disney director, whether he did it with Disney specifically, the animated one. It is Raya and the Last Lost Last Dragon or something like that. Lost Dragon. Is that Is that one? Uh no. And because you didn't choose your lifeline, mate, I'm going to have to take that as your answers. No, you, oh. you, you, you're quite close, and your logic is very good. It is a recent... One of their worst flops is a res- recent film. You were right with John Carter. You are right with The Lone Ranger. The other... You, you mentioned... You were, or you were talking about Tomorrowland. That's just outside the top ten. They've got, they've got like seven or eight of the top 20 as well. Disney's it had some incredible flops, by the way. Um, but the next, the next worst is The 13th Warrior. Which was released by the Disney Corporation, even though it's not a you know like a Disney Disney film. That's where Antonio Banderas plays a a, a, a Moorish warrior who gets caught up with Vikings in some sort of sci-fi adventure. Um, that flopped. 
The one you're probably thinking of or the recent like flop is Strange World. I've never heard of that. That's... What I'm thinking is I'm thinking that Ryan the Lost Dragon and Tomorrowland were massive flops, but they probably don't make the top 10. Yeah, they're not 10. Ryan like, right, yeah, right yeah. the Last Dragon wasn't a terrible flop, but it did lose money. And the other really bad flop is Mars Needs Moms, which is a, a one from a while ago. You got very close though, mate. You were. I, I thought I thought when you said, oh, it's a recent one, no, I thought you were going to get it. Genuinely, I have not heard of Strange World. Well, that hence why it flopped, because that, that, I think that's either this year or last year, and they, it, they did the usual thing where they spent 200 million and expected it to make a lot of money, and it absolutely tanked no I've had two you're yet to have your second okay alright so it's one all and that no it's one nil and I have a chance to draw level here you ready for this I am ready for this so you are a massive fan of M. Night Shyamalan. <laughs> I like I like yeah. his first two films, and it goes downhill rapidly after that. Okay, so I'm not going to be I'm not going to be cruel and ask you for his worst rated film. Mm-hmm. I'm going to ask you to name. Okay, he's got three films. With above a seven rating, at least three films with mm-hmm. above a seven rating on IMDb, mm-hmm. I reckon you can name them. I'm confident that you can. You now he's got TV shows they don't count. Yep, he's got there's four that he's got. Mm-hmm. I reckon you can name three of them. Okay, so the, there's an obvious one. There's like, an obvious one is um, the Sixth Sense. Eight point two out of ten. Bang, one on the board. So the other ones that he that he did where at the very least people weren't getting quite as tired of his um well the ones I'm ruining out, I think the lady in the water has not got a good rating, that didn't get light. I think old might be a bit mixed, I think the visit is a bit mixed, although some people did like it. Knock at the cabin is a recent one. Maybe that was maybe people like that. I'm pretty sure that things like um old and uh and this is it's it's above a seven, right? We're saying above a seven. Yeah, there's only four, and you've got one of them, so there's three left. Okay. I think... Can I give you a clue? If you want. One of them's not the last airbender. (laughs) Thanks for that clue. (laughs) (laughs) Have you seen Dev Patel doing uh, the promo for that? No, I imagine... It's one of the greatest videos. I know you love Dev Patel, especially because of the Green Knight, but he's signing autographs at like the premiere in Leicester Square or whatever. He's signing an autograph and he goes, sorry about this film, it's a bit (laughs) shit, isn't it? (laughs) Oh, that's terrific. That's terrific. But yeah, it's Um, not... I think think the reviews were already out by then, weren't they? Uh, So he wasn't giving anything away. Um, Okay. I think his next one, Unbreakable, creeps over seven as well. So I'm going to say Unbreakable. Correct. There are two more. So you've got the six cents. Okay, so I'm flipping a coin between the village and signs because I think some people got annoyed by the hold twist on, hold in on, the village. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Have I given you a horrible clue there? There are only, there are only three. I must have misread that. So I'm going to just say you, you've got the question right because... That's not fair. You've got the question right because I said there was four. Okay. Fifth. The the last one was glass. 
No, yeah. the last one was split. Sorry, split. not last. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I didn't want you. Yeah, yeah that was my. That, 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 that was going to be one of my candidates. Basically, you're looking at like signs, um, the village, and and split. And I do remember the thing with signs in the village. I reckon sign. I reckon if signs in the village aren't over seven, they're probably like in the mid six. So. Yes, yeah, so we have Knock at the Cabin 6.1, Old 5.8, Last yeah. 6.6, After Earth, What a Film 4.8, Keep My Wife's Name, The Happening 5, Lady in the Water 5.5, The Village 6.6, Signs 6.8. Yeah, I thought they'd be in that. I thought they'd be in that order. And The Visit, how does The Visit go? It must be about like somewhere between 5 and 6 or something like that. Uh, 6.2. 6.2, that's surprising. All right, okay, so that's that's one all after two questions. You now have your third question. Okie dokie. You might get this, actually. Uh, variations on what line of dialogue appear in every Star Wars film? Okay, so... Ev- oh, nine! Mm-hmm. I have a bad feeling about this. Yep. May the Force be... No... Now bear in mind, right, that all Star Wars films mean anything that's like an like an like a main official one. So, no, so, no, so Rogue One and Solo shit. No, 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 no. So, Rogue One and Solo are, uh, are are considered Star Wars films. It's not just the Skywalker trilogy; it's you oh. know, ofi- official Star Wars films. So, how many did you want me to name? What variations on what one line of dialogue appear in every Star Wars film? You have got to pick one. Uh, I don't think May the Force Be with You is in. Like solo, because why would it be? There's there's not really any Jedi in that. I'm gonna say I have a bad feeling about this. You got it. Yes. It's the one where people might get caught out because surely may the force be with you is in all of them, but it's not actually in all of them. I don't think it's in Rogue One. It might be in Rogue One actually because there's a couple of kind of they go to they go to the Jedi city and stuff, but it's definitely not in uh, Solo. It's in that one. It's definitely not in Solo. Okay, so you're two one up after your third question. Time for my third question. Yeah, you can equalize here. <clears throat> okay. You ready for this? Mm-hmm. Johnny Depp has been nominated for three Oscars. All four Best Actor in a Leading Role. Mm-hmm. Give me two of them. <laughs> I think he was nominated for Best Actor, oddly enough, for the first Pirates of the Caribbean film, Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl. Correct. Now, which other one was he nominated for? His other performances, which are sort of highly regarded for his acting, there's Donnie Brasco, there's Benny and June. What else has he done that's just really kind of made people like... There's one here that's quite niche. The other one was a big kind of thing at the time. Um... But you might it might have slipped your memory and you kind of go oh for fuck's sake, and the other one is quite niche, but it's was it Benny and June? No, <sighs> it was Finding Neverland, which was the niche one, and the one that was quite a big success was uh, Sweeney Todd. Ah, yeah, because it's a because it's a musical and they fucking and love musicals. I wasn't going to get that. I honestly thought he was nominated for Donny Brasco. Yeah, I wouldn't have got that. So that's he probably should have been. So that's um, two. That's two one to you after three questions. Yes, and I you just st- and you still have your lifeline. Double check something. So he was nominated for the Golden Globe for Benny and June, mm-hmm. um, but not but not Best Actor. Uh, oh, Oscar. and Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Oh, and Pirates of the Caribbean too. 
It's the Golden Jesus Globes, though. Christ. The Golden Globes is fucking dog shit. Oh my god, he got nominated for the tourist. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? I think I think somebody got a trip to Venice. Yeah, no, definitely. Screams of Emily in Paris. Anyway. um, It's 2-1 to you after three. It's now time for your fourth question, yeah? Yep. Which of these film directors is the most profitable? And by by most profitable, I mean unadjusted for inflation. We're not going to mess around with, you know, uh, that is just on average compared to budget, how much money did they make? And just, you know, we're not, we're not, just simple. If someone made, we just just can take box office. If someone made a hundred million box office on a fifty million budget, budget, they made two times their money back, right? So who has made the most money back in cinema tickets uh, compared to their budgets out of a Ridley Scott, b Quentin Tarantino, c Martin Scorsese? Oh, oh, that's a fucking stinking list. So I don't think it's Tarantino because his films. Got quite expensive. Just, just to be very clear, we're not including the Irishman Scorsese's figures because it only got released for like three days. So it's all of the films that have had a proper release in the cinema. Okay. Now, Reservoir Dogs did that make money? Don't think so. Death Proof was probably a bomb. Uh. Jackie Brown, like these were films that everyone enjoyed, but they probably didn't even break the hundred million mark. Hatefully, again, not confident it did. Kill Bill, probably quite popular, and probably the second one as well, but probably didn't. Fucking hell. I'm going to rule out Tarantino because I don't think any of his films have probably made over like 500 million. I imagine. Like, either Once Upon a Time in Hollywood or Django was probably his biggest, and that was probably just because of Leonardo DiCaprio, Brad Pitt, Jamie Foxx, etc. So, I'm going to rule out Tarantino. Now, Ridley Scott, has he had any, cut like, billion-dollar films? Probably. But he's... Has he, hmm. Oh, this is a really difficult question. Ridley Scott or Martin Scorsese? I'm going to say Martin Scorsese just because of the sheer volume of films he's made. Okay, uh, that's not the right answer. Ah. Now, bear in mind, mate, you have got... Right, if we if we go to tiebreaker, you've got a maximum of two questions left. You still haven't used your lifeline, just to remind you, mate. You, you didn't get that right. So Quentin Tarantino is Quentin Tarantino is the most profitable. Is he? He's made an average of six dollars and thirty cents per every dollar they've given him to make his films. Wow! Oh, so uh, Reser- yeah, you're right. Probably. Reservoir Dogs didn't make very much money, but Pulp Fiction like, had a budget of eight and a half million dollars and made two hundred um, two hundred thirteen million dollars around the world. Even once upon a time in Hollywood, right? Ninety-six million dollar budget, three hundred and seventy-seven million round. Yeah, away. I've I've made an answer that question there. You're right. You you're absolutely right. Pick out Death Proof didn't make any money. Reservoir didn't make any money. But all of his other films like did very well against their budgets. Um, Ridley Scott is decent. Two dollars sixty-six for every dollar you give him to make his films, but he has had some. Yeah, he has had some proper flops. Um, and Scorsese three dollars twenty two uh, per every dollar you give them. I mean, you should each get, you should give all of these people money to make films because they will give you you will get your money back. But you get more money back from Tarantino just because he's got that 
he's you know he's he's off on his own doing his own thing, but he's got this kind of set of fans will turn out to watch him. So he is the most profitable. So that's your question four. This is my chance to pull level with my question four, yeah? Yep. Can you tell me the fastest film to gross a billion dollars? Jeez Louise. Fastest film to gross a billion dollars. A billion. I've only got one question right so far, haven't I? I've only got two, so... Yeah, which of the... All right. The fastest film to gross a billion dollars. Think about it. So, you feel like Marvel's going to be here. You feel like Marvel's kind of um, going to be in the running because they like turn out very quickly, and the people were really, really up for like you know. I'd be saying somewhere between like Infinity War and Endgame, and maybe more so Endgame because that was so anticipated that everyone, you know, lots of people went to see. Infinity War, but then it was like, oh fuck, that that's a massive cliffhanger. What's going to happen in Endgame? So that's going to be a contender. But obviously, maybe James Cameron because he releases his Avatar films at the end of the year and they turn out really quickly to get their money. So, and I, I, I recall Avatar two sort of got just because Avatar one is a few years ago. That might you know just in in money terms, it's. So I'm flipping a coin here between Avengers Endgame and Avatar 2 The Way of Water. Just because of the sheer marketing, I'm going to say Avengers Endgame. Correct. Oh, fucking hell. I bet I bet Avatar The Way of Water is quite close behind though, yeah? Yeah, yeah. I, well, I, it's from the list I read, it was just... Avengers Endgame, Avengers Infinity War. Oh, no, Avatar is way down. And Star Wars The Force Awakens, Spider-Man No Way Home, Jurassic World, Avatar is sixth. Yeah, what about Avatar 2? Uh, Avatar 2, sorry. And Avatar 1 doesn't make doesn't the even top show 10. up in the top 10. Oh, it's interesting because Avatar... <laughs> I remember Avatar 2 came out over Christmas and it seemed... Do you remember what they were saying? That because of the money he'd spent on it, he needed to make $2 billion for it to have been... Not break even, but to be profitable enough for him to say, "Yeah, I can afford to keep going," and he got to that two billion mark like quite quickly. But no, no, Endgame. I'm glad I went with Endgame. All right, so that's two all after four. Yeah, we now have each of our final questions, unless we need a tiebreaker. This is your fifth question. Is it my fifth? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Right. Yeah. I'd like to apologise in advance for this question. It's just I'm sick of losing four nil. It's fine. I've got a lifeline. Okay. Nine black women have won the Best Supporting Actress Oscar. Name five of them. Uh, well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go Viola Davis for Fences, Octavia Spencer for Help. So that's two. Lupita Nyong'o for 12 Years a Slave. Oh, it's three. Oh, dear. Hattie on, McDaniel on, for The Gone with the Wind. Okay, hold on. Let me just underline the ones you've got. <laughs> you said you've said Viola Davis, yeah. Viola Davis, Octavia Spencer, Hattie McDaniel, and uh, Lupita Nyong'o. So I just need a fifth one, and I'd like to use my lifeline, please. Okay, so how do I give you a lifeline here without um, 
actually giving you the answer. There's a couple of choices. I can give you a choice of lifeline. I can either say you can have several guesses here to get to it, yeah? Right. Or I can say I can give you some hints about who the win who who the winners were about all the films that they were in and stuff like that. Okay. Which which which, which 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 would you prefer? Would you just like more guesses or do you want me to kind of give you a bit of commentary about the remaining winners and what they won for and when they won kind of thing? Um, no, is it... Is it just supporting? Because I think Halle Berry won for Monsters Ball and it, that was a lead. It's just supporting. The the, the, the winners for Best uh, Leading Actress are, are not including it. In fact, I, th- I think it's still only Halle Berry. This is just supporting actress. So do you want do you want more guesses out of like names of well-known actresses that you obviously know the names of? Or do you want me to uh, say, I can probably kind of say, well, this roughly when the films came out, what kind of film they were and that sort of thing. I think... I don't even need the lifeline. I think I can actually... I think I can get it. All right. Um, Because I've just remembered that... Because I was watching Hamilton the other day. There's a a dancer in that called Ariana DeBose. And she won for West Side Story. You're absolutely right. (sighs) Okay, so if I get my fifth question right, you still have your lifeline in the tiebreaker. Uh, and if I um, if I don't get my fifth question right, you uh, you've won without using your lifeline, uh, and that just puts another nail in my claim to be any good at fucking quizzes. <laughs> that was a fucking stinker of a question. <laughs> okay, my fifth question. Right. You ready for this? I am ready. I'm not ready to get it right, but I'm ready to hear it. You're ready to hear it. Okay. Francis Ford Coppola has been nominated for many Oscars, winning five in the process. Can you name three of the Oscars he was nominated for but didn't win? Interesting. There are obviously multiples in here because he's a director. He's not going to be nominated for Best Actor kind of thing. So you're going to have to get the film. If he was, say, nominated for Best Director but didn't win, you're going to have to get the film, if you get what I'm saying. Okay. Now, the big question in all of this, right, is, like, everyone goes on about The Godfather being, like, a great film, but maybe Godfather 2 is better. Not everyone agrees to that. Um, and it's a question. I'm sitting here in my head thinking, I, maybe he didn't win Best Director for both of those films. So maybe, was it a case of he didn't win Best Director for The Godfather, but then he went and did win it for Godfather 2? Or maybe the question is he um, uh, he he should have won it as well for The Godfather part two but because it was slightly less commercial and it wasn't quite the um do you know what I mean? Not the, the, the kind of phenomenon that the first one was that maybe he's uh oh man. I'm trying to sit there and think for maybe it was some weird thing like despite it not being all that brilliant, he got nominated for something on um uh the 
Dracula film. Maybe got nominated and didn't win as many things for. Um... Are you are you including where he's nominated for? He's a producer on the film, so it counts as a nomination if the film was nominated for Best Picture. Just anything he was nominated for, and was a nominee but didn't win. Okay. Okay, um, so I'm going to take a punt and say that because of the whole kind of big awards momentum and everything, he did win Best Director for, oh shit, was it The Godfather or Godfather? Okay, first gamble. He did win Best Director for The Godfather. He was only nominated for Best Director for Godfather Part 2, even though he should have won it. So nominated for Best Director, Godfather 2, but didn't win. So nominated for Godfather Part 2, Best Director, but didn't win? Yeah. That's wrong. He got nominated for Best Director for Godfather 1 and didn't win. Oh, shit. Fuck you, you, genuinely, you, I think you got far too caught up in Godfather 1 and 2 when you could have just gone to the conversation. Yeah. And then maybe Apocalypse Now. Because <laughs> you could have gone Best I Picture, tr- I Best Director. I thought that was a banker. All right. Okay. So does that mean I didn't draw level? That means you've won again. I think it does. Fuck. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, the result of the penalty shootout film quiz is that James wins 3-2. And I have to do a forfeit of, remind me, watching an Uwe Boll film. God damn it. A lovely day. A lovely day. A lovely day. Okay, well, thank you very much. This is the first time we've released this as a separate episode, but obviously you can go back and listen to the Penalty Shootout film quiz in previous Double Real Monthlies, and going forward, we'll continue to do that this. I think we quite enjoyed it. Um, and so next time, we will tell you how I got on watching that Uwe Boll film, and we will have another quiz. Thank you for listening to the latest penalty shootout film quiz brought to you by Double Reel. The score is now 5-0 to James, and I'm fuming. Thanks to my co-host and continuing quiz nemesis, James Adamson. Thanks also to Podbean for hosting and Audacity for editing. We are grateful for their continued support. The music was Mistake the Getaway by Kevin MacLeod. The first part of this month's issue, Double Reel Monthly, is available to download now with news, new releases, reviews of new films, and the latest in our Nick Cage and David Cronenberg projects. In a few days, we will deliver the next part, which is our features, including Classic, The Guard, and a hidden gem, which is Down and Out in Beverly Hills. The one that got away is Bruce Willis in Broadway Brawler, and our remake hate watches Doolittle. Until next time, stay safe, watch lots of films, and may your life be as awesome as you pretend it is on social media. <laughs>